Welcome friends to the kindergarten. Everyone sit on the rug. This is podcast number two for keeping up. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh no, sorry. Go ahead. For keeping up with the kindergarten. And uh, Nancy and Kirk don't know this. This is Dana, but I have a game that I want you two to play. I love a game. All right. This game is actually more of a warm up. And if you all could see Nancy's face right now. <laughs> She's very nervous. I'm a little tense. <laughs> I'm a little tense. You're but fine. go on. All right. Okay. So this game is called Let's Plan a Party. I like it. All right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to have, it's going to be a three-way thing instead of a two-way thing. Each person gets to make a suggestion to somebody else. And that person's only answer can be no. And then they suggest something different. So, for example, I might say, um, hey, Kirk, let's have a party where we all get to bring puppy dogs. Hmm. No. And then Kirk would make a suggestion for a different kind of party. But the goal of this this game is we are actually trying to plan a party. Hmm. So after a couple of go-arounds, we're going to see when we answer no to one another how well we can plan the party. Okay. So go ahead, Kirk. Um, hey, Nancy. Let's plan a party on a yacht to Brazil. You are speaking my language, so <laughs> if I say yes, you what can't is the say rule? No. Nope. I have, I have to, to say, say no. no. <laughs> yep. No, but <laughs> let's part- plan a party that sails around Europe. Hmm. Mm. Um, no, but, uh, maybe a party, a a Europe-themed party? No, but a French Riviera-inspired party Mm. might be nice. All right, pause. Did either of you get a party planned? No. 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 Why not? Because Kirk didn't want to do what I wanted to do. Uh-huh. And Nancy didn't want to do what I wanted to do. All right. So you kept saying no, and you kept trying to get your own agenda across. Here's mm-hmm. what I'm going to say. Now you can say yes. Okay. But you can say yes, but. So yes. So, for example, if you said French Riviera party, then I might say yes, but instead of us all um, being on the beach, we're gonna stay inside the entire time. Mm. And then the next person will answer yes, but, and they put their own little twist on it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I'm outing, right. so you All right, so Kirk, <laughs> Kirkland, let's yeah. have a party. And at that party, I would love it if we could all watch the movie, The Devil Wears Prada. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes, but, Instead of watching The Devil Wears Prada, Mm -hmm. uh, let's have a dramatic um, retelling of The Devil Mm. Wears Prada. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, Mm. that sounds wonderful. But instead of um, a dramatic reading, let's all um, just eat the foods that we saw in the movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, but 
Uh, instead of eating the foods that we saw in the movie, let's just plan a menu inspired by uh, mm-hmm. the movie. Mm-hmm. So I'll pause us. So Nancy, did you hear a party being planned? I did. I did. And does it sound like we have a solid idea? We don't have a <clears throat> solid idea. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like you're open to ideas if we can plan the menu. Yeah. Though I still felt like I was fighting with you a bit. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like I'd throw out an idea and you'd counter it. It felt like you were begrudgingly giving me mm-hmm. an inch. But or then. like tricking me into mm-hmm. doing what you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now let's try it where we say yes and and we add an idea that we think is going to make it even better. Okay. Which is tricky because yes but can be very similar to yes and. So I might say um, let's have a party where we all bring our favorite book. Yes. And let's dress up as a character from that book. Mm-hmm. Yes, and let's read our favorite passage from the book to each other. Mm, mm. Yes. And once we've finished the passage, then we can tell each other um, what we liked about that passage. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe after we've done that, we could uh, share other books that our books reminded us of. Mm, I love all these ideas. Mm-hmm. So it seems to me like we actually have a solid idea for a party, mm-hmm. and we actually moved way quicker in that version yes, of planning the party than if we were constantly trying to fight each other for ideas. And I'm more excited about this idea because it's like pieces of all of our ideas mm-hmm. coming together. Coming together. Mm-hmm. So it felt much better doing that one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just a sample of sort of, even though it's an improv warm-up, it's a nice sample of how we think about play in the SK classrooms. Um, and the idea is basically like you want your kids to, or anyone that you play with, to agree to some set of rules that you can all agree upon. Yeah. yeah. Right? Agree. Yeah. So when I see kids arguing over things and playing, I often let it go on for a while. (laughs) (laughs) So I can get a sense of what's happening. And a lot of what's happening is there's yes, but happening Mm -hmm. in there. It's like, you also really have to be listening to the people that you're collaborating with. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, the ideas go nowhere. No one's ideas go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I'm thinking is, Oftentimes, parents plan the play date, and I think outside of logistics that adults have to discuss in terms of time and place and, and what, what works, I just wonder if maybe the adults are planning things that they like without involving the children. And I think I learned from this game, the improv warm-up, that we're taking everybody's ideas into account. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I often find, as well, that, that things are being planned to avoid conflict. Hmm. And not that I seek out conflict, but I do think that we're all going to deal with conflict at some point in our life. And if we're teaching our students how to deal with conflict and how to work through it, and that it's actually not a bad thing, then, then 
that's a much healthier way of dealing with things. So when you overplan something so that the kids don't fight, it's actually stripping them of an opportunity to learn how to do something and you're stripping them of an opportunity, you of an opportunity of seeing them work through something. Mm -hmm. And look, like you, you both are parents, so you both have had children in your personal homes. <laughs> both those children who you that belong to you mm-hmm, and children mm-hmm. who didn't belong to you and so I can imagine there's a, a natural urge to plan things so that you know things go smoothly that everybody's had a good time that nothing in your house gets broken mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, in the classroom I think we have a duty to give kids an opportunity to to make mistakes in those moments, to get messy. Um, and we hope that that doesn't stop at our classroom doors, that they're having opportunities to, to make mistakes and get messy at home too. Mm-hmm. I, I think solving conflicts and compromising is part of what the lessons that we get from play. I think those are the important lessons that we get. Mm-hmm. I think oftentimes if we just lay everything out, then there's no chance for creativity and to think about what you like and to take into account what your friend who's coming over, what they like too. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. nice if you give children the opportunity not only to figure out what they want to do, but how to make it work. Yeah. I think that's stressful as an adult too. I think when you have this other kid at your house, you want them to enjoy what they're doing and you want them to like being at your house. But I think also when you see them taking a leap off of a piece of furniture that you don't allow climbing on, (laughs) it's hard to be that person to say no to the other child, to say that that's not allowed in your house. It's hard to be the bad guy, Mm. I think. It's hard, but necessary. Necessary, of course. But I think that's a stress that I often felt as a parent and I certainly know I've had parents tell me that they feel stressed about saying no to a kid or telling another child that that's not okay to speak that way or enforce the rules of their house yeah yeah that makes me me think of like how many classroom spaces and teachers kids have to interact with over the course of a day and they've managed to learn all of those rules mm-hmm. and all of those boundaries in each of those spaces. And there's nothing to say that they couldn't learn those same things walking into a friend's house. Um, here's an opportunity to learn somebody else's rules and expectations in their home and expect that your kid is going to rise to the occasion when they get there. I remember when I was little, across the street from us lived a family and they let the daughters wash their Barbie doll's hair mm. and like use different <laughs> like food colorings on the hair. And it was the best place to go because I always wanted to do that. But at my house, we could never do that. But we just knew, like we knew at my house, we didn't do that. But at their house, we did. Yeah. And their Barbie dolls looked insane. <laughs> it was like some insane punk rock band. And I thought they were the best Barbies ever. But they loved coming over to my house to play with my immaculate Barbies. Um, but we just knew. And that, like there wasn't a good or a bad in either one of those. Mm-hmm. We just sort of followed the rules of each house. Mm-hmm. And adjusted to each situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, we all knew the parents who were more stern or more strict with things, and we all knew the parents that would let us get away with anything, and you chose where to go. The house on the corner let us use knives to make <laughs> boxes, and we had a whole box city in the backyard, <laughs> whereas in my house, we couldn't, we could only use scissors. At my house growing up, we, my siblings and I, were always expected to clean the kitchen at the end of dinner. Uh, and we <laughs> knew that if we had friends over for dinner, they were also going to have to help clean up the kitchen, <laughs> which at the time was mortifying, mm-hmm. like asking one of your friends, like, hey, can you like dry the dishes while I wash them? But I'm so thankful today to have had those experiences. Like, yeah. I know how to advocate for myself in a way that I think some of my peers never had to learn how to do. I learned sort of what it meant to be part of my family community and what expectations my family had for me and anybody who walked into their their home. Yeah. And I think those are are life lessons that I will always cherish and and keep with me. Mm -hmm. So way back in the olden days when Hmm. I grew up, um, my neighborhood was eight blocks. Mm-hmm. So we had a very small community, but because I grew up in California, we'd spend a lot of time outside. And thinking back, I'm sure my mother was in communication because we were in and out of each other's houses and riding bikes, and we'd just stay out until the street lights came on. That's, mm-hmm. that's how I grew up. But I know that my mother always told me to be sure and say hello when I came in and to be sure and thank the adult and say thank you for having me. That doesn't mean the adult is spying on us and is in, in the room, but I think it's also important to teach your child manners and respect of someone's home. Like you said, you help clean up. And I think also just to greet. Oh, yeah. Greet the people. Yeah. <laughs> greet the grown people. The grown-ups. Yes. Mm-hmm. And say thank you for letting me come over. Yeah. Yeah, we couldn't leave a house without saying thank you. Exactly. We had to literally have our friend go find their adult. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and bring them back. I remember. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I know when I got older and when my own children got older, there are different rules at different homes. Mm-hmm. I have three girls and sometimes parents let the children go upstairs, the boys and girls go upstairs. Mm-hmm. The boys aren't coming upstairs in my house under any circumstance. That might be okay at the other house, but in my house you're staying in certain rooms that you are allowed to play mm-hmm. in and have your guests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just think that's important. Yeah. Yeah, you follow the rules. Mm-hmm. We had a really awkward situation happen once where a father came over with his son and was playing with my son, and the ball was hit over the fence, mm. and we did not have a good relationship with the neighbors. And so my child was saying, just leave it. My dad will get it later. Okay. Just leave it. My dad will get it later. And the father was like, no, no, no. I'm going to hold him over the fence. Oh. And he'll go get it. And he was dangling his child over the fence. And we were like, and Spencer kept saying, no, no, no. It's okay. <laughs> right. It's all right. And he was so stressed. He was in, like, first grade. And I remember hearing Spencer's voice being raised as I was getting, like, snacks. Yes. And I came out, and I was like, oh, no, no, we don't have a very good relationship with our neighbor. They're going to be really mad that you just did that. And he said, oh, no, it's no big deal. Mm. And I remember feeling so shocked that he wouldn't honor the fact that we had this terrible relationship with our neighbor 
who did later come and scream at us for mm. like dangling a child over his fence. <laughs> and we didn't do anything. But it just was very strange to me that the adult was the one teaching his kid. Mm-hmm. No, and Spencer was so stressed. <laughs> I was saying, why did he do that? Why did he do that? <laughs> and also, I'm like, sometimes adults make bad decisions too. So you have to respect the house rules. Though, yeah. Because you knew yeah. and your son knew as well. Yeah. yeah, and it didn't make sense. It was a rule that did not make sense, but mm-hmm. we just sort of had to follow it. But but it makes me think like how much our kids are watching what we do as adults. And so if we are modeling greeting people, if we're modeling mm-hmm. following the rules at somebody else's home, if we're modeling listening to one another, then our kids are going to pick that up. Absolutely. Yeah. Saying thank you to the barista when they give me my Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Saying thank you when somebody holds the door for you. Holding the door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Looking people in the eye. That's mm-hmm. becoming a lost art mm-hmm. of making eye contact. Mm-hmm. And that's part of it. And causing <clears throat> a lot of stress. I know some some kids just naturally have that stress, but I think mm-hmm. some there is a little bit to some of the anxiety we all feel right now because we haven't practiced it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't ever want to make a child uncomfortable, of course, but... I do think there is something to practicing that and and make like I make my kids now they're grown up so of course I do but I used to make them order at a restaurant look look this person in the eye and tell them what you want they can't hear you you have to say it louder <laughs> exactly. you know, just exactly. have them just so they, they could practice and see that it was okay to speak loud it was okay to look this person in the eye and learn who the safe people are and who the questionable people are. I think mm. that's a big deal too. And they only know the safe people if you're making them speak to the safe people. Yes, exactly, you know, exactly. I'm not making them hug. I'm not making them mm-hmm. high five. But I don't know. There's something to that. I think. Yeah. And we all feel shy around people that we don't know. Yeah. And I tell my own children, I feel shy. I might feel a little anxious, but at the same time, I'm going to do it mm-hmm. because you have to always lead with kindness. And the more you do something, the easier it becomes. Yeah. So maybe the first time it's scary to order, but the second, third, or tenth time, you can do it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Who knew we were practicing life skills with playdates? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so what does a successful playdate look like in the year 2022? In the year. In the year 2000. <laughs> Bear with me now. I'm talking about my playdates as a child and taking those into consideration Uh alongside with my own children's playdates, keeping it current. Mm. I would start by saying you have to think of the number of children that you want at your house. And let's not forget that old adage of three's a crowd because it really holds true. If you have a total of three children playing, someone will always feel left out. So I suggest an even number of children at your playdate. Now, I personally love just one person to come over and play with that one (laughs) child. But you do what you think is best under your circumstances. But I would say even numbers, and let's set a time limit for it. We're not going to drop your kid off and you might come back after you go to Target and run your errands because that might be four or five hours. Mm -hmm. So if the child is coming over, I would say pickup is at 90 minutes from now, two hours max. That's Mm -hmm. my personal recommendation for children this age. So once the guests arrive, I would talk about where they may go and where they may not go, Uh because some children will be up bouncing on your bed before you know it. (laughs) So you're going to stay in this room, and here is the bathroom, and we will have a snack, and just 
set some parameters. I think that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, also, all children, I have a lot of long you got list a lot of rules. Of yeah, yeah, I love it. But I have some of my children really have that one special toy that they love and they don't want to share it. Uh-huh. Understandable. My clo- my children want to borrow my clothes. There's that one blouse. You may not wear it. Mm-hmm. Same thing with my favorite toy. Mm-hmm. So guess what? You're having a play day. Put that favorite toy away. Mm-hmm. It is okay. But wherever you welcome your guests, whatever they see, to me, is fair game. Yes. They should be able to play with what you have put within eyesight. Yes. Yeah. Those are my rules and recommendations. Nancy, rules to play dates. <laughs> Robert's rules of board age are hard on. <laughs> no, but honestly, you want, to, you want to let the children have fun. Yeah. You really do. So it doesn't mean going to Michael's Crafts and buying this craft kit or buying this Lego yeah. set. You don't have to buy something new mm-hmm. every time. You really don't. Play with what you have yeah. and enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, when going all the way back to when I was little. Way back. Then. Way, 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 way back. Mm-hmm. After the dinosaurs roamed, but before the woolly mammoths. Uh, <laughs> we were not even going to say that year, Kirk. Um, I actually don't remember my parents making the play dates. Mm-hmm. I went to the door and knocked and asked if somebody could play. Same. So that sets up the different piece right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, And I understand like we all lived in the same neighborhood and we all sort of had the same schedules and that sort of thing. So scheduling is difficult. So that was different. And the parents were never around during the play dates is another thing that I remember. Um, We had to go home for lunch and then we could go back out again. So all of that is to say it's very different now. Um, I'm going to say that my kids did not love play dates. Okay. They are like me in that they are an introvert in social situations until I have to be the extrovert. Okay. So I know how to be an extrovert, but I actually prefer being alone. Okay. And I think my kids are the same way. Mm. And I think that they kind of liked their, I, I mean, there was many different factors. I think there was a little actual embarrassment of our home not being as nice as everybody else's. So they didn't mm. want people over in our space. But they also, whenever they were invited for play dates, kind of didn't want to go because they didn't enjoy being away from home. Okay. And that was totally okay with me. Like, they had each other, and that was fine, and I felt like they were doing the socializing work at school. They never were without friends. Like, I would ask their teachers and say, are they loners? Are they the weird kids? And they never were, and so I felt like that was fine if they just needed their own personal space. Right. I think they also didn't want people playing, like you said, they didn't want people playing with their stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think that was a piece of it and they also just needed some downtime. Absolutely. So, so we, I will say we had a few play dates over at our house and they went on play dates, but um, play dates were not their favorite thing. So in our in our house it was, you you could be in the basement and that was it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you could go down and make whatever mess you wanted, mm-hmm. then you had to clean up, and then I kicked you out. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's great that your children say, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. You checked on them and made sure that their social-emotional health was in order. But yeah. at the same time, it's, it's great to say no. It's great that school is enough playtime, and I want to come home and have some downtime. Because I yeah. think, too, with the overscheduled child, then they come to expect that. Well, what am I doing today? 
Right. Or What's the bane of my next? existence. What's happening next? Yeah. There's nothing happening next. <laughs> right. this, this is it. This is all you get. You're going to have to figure out what happens yeah. next because I'm not a concierge. Right. Yes. And so I never I never wanted to make it a stigma either that mm-hmm. they didn't want to go on the play day because, like, I felt that in my heart. Mm-hmm. I was like, I get it, man. Right. Like, sleeping over at someone else's house, to me, was a nightmare. I would never want to do that. So the idea that they didn't want to do that was fine with me. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, and they and they clearly are fine humans at the moment. So, um, so that didn't hurt them right. at all. And I do just want to shout out to working parents. Yeah. Sometimes you work all week, and it's the weekend. Uh-huh. This is your time off from your job, and maybe you too, as a parent, don't yeah. want children to come over, and that's okay. Or when they get older, I love the park play date. Uh-huh. House stays clean. Yep. Let's yeah. go to the park. You all run over there. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and then and it's I'll time drop to go you home. off. Exactly. <laughs> right. If I'm in a good mood, let's yep. hit that McDonald's. Yeah. yeah. And that's great. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Growing up, uh, we were latchkey kids in my house. And mm-hmm. so play dates weren't really a thing. Okay. But it was like, I will plan to meet you at the pool, at the park, sure. at the yeah. mall. Absolutely. Yeah. Like making a plan to be somewhere outside of our house was mm-hmm. our version of a play date. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was okay. Like, right. I didn't feel like I was missing out on going to into anybody's house or mm-hmm. having anybody in our house. But that gives you the independence because you have planned it. Right. You're taking ownership of how you're going to spend your time. Yeah. yeah and yeah, we yeah. never went somewhere with the adults. Like, we never went to Chuck E. Cheese or. No. You know, it wasn't Chuck E. Cheese back in my day, but like wherever, like we never did that. That wasn't like part of the plan. It was like, can I go play in so-and-so's backyard? Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, like I think that adults right now carry so much stress around getting all the car seats in the car and then taking the kids places and things like that. Like I think mm-hmm. it's totally fine to say like, here's our backyard yeah, and, and you're gonna play in there. And again, the kids are gonna fight Mm-hmm. And you're going to watch them fight mm-hmm. for a while, and then you can step in and, and talk through it. But I think that, again, it's that overscheduling and taking them places so that they don't fight. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I do just have to say, with a nod to Chuck E. Cheese, which I will never go Terrifying. to Oof. again, Oof. ever, ever. Terrifying. But things have changed with germs and COVID and crowds and stranger danger but I think we also have to think of the weather here in Chicago yeah mm-hmm. and there are going to be times when they have to be inside somewhere uh-huh. and we have to understand that places are expensive and mm-hmm. maybe that's not in your budget to go to yeah. Brooklyn boulders or to do whatever yeah. inside activity that you would normally go to so that's when we have to think of people in your home and what can we do to be creative that doesn't have to cost a lot of money mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah absolutely mm-hmm. I know something a little less expensive was if you were in the patient mood to have kids come over and let's make cupcakes together. Yes, I was just going to say, we made cakes. Yes. <laughs> so let's bake and get all that together. Mm-hmm. While that's baking, you play a little bit, then let's come back and frost the cupcakes. Yeah. And then you send your guests home all sugared up. Right. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I remember it being Legos early on in my career as a teacher. Mm. Like, whoever had like a big bucket of mixed up Legos mm-hmm. that was sort of oh. the draw yes mm-hmm. um, kids were always dying to go to wherever the whoever had the most Legos sure <laughs> don't yeah. cost anything they're already there they're all mixed up mm-hmm. yeah you have at it sure yeah 
Yeah, and I think, again, that stress of, like, when parents say, like, this person, you know, my child doesn't want a play date. Like, that stress needs to be, like, leave it alone. Mm-hmm. You know, ask us what they're like in free choice. Ask us what they're like on the playground. If they're having a tough time, we can help them socialize really easily here. Exactly. But if your child doesn't want a play date, don't add that stress. I don't think so. To you or to them. Right, right, right. <laughs> And I think it's okay to be alone. There's a difference between being alone and being lonely. Yeah. And if your child wants to be alone and they can entertain themselves and they're happy and content, I think that's great. Yeah. yeah. I think there's also the added factor of, like, if you're thinking about a play date during the week, mm. during a school week, mm. your kid has led a full life before they get to that play date. They've mixed it up with 18 other kids. They've had to control all of their impulses and urges mm-hmm. for eight hours of the day. Mm-hmm. So you have to take in all of that into account, into the calculus of what could happen during your after-school play day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Folks are tapped. Exactly. Your kids are tapped. I mean, yeah. I think it's different if it's a child care issue. Like, I think it's sure. great when that can be an option instead of paying somebody to babysit your yeah. kid. I mm-hmm. think that's a wonderful option. But if it's a scheduled mm-hmm. one... So the kid could have more fun after school. It's too much. Too it much. Be overstimulating. Yes. Yeah, I think you just gotta read your kid. Know your kid. Absolutely. If you know your kid is a kid who melts down at three fifteen on the dot. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe an after school play date is not the the way to go. Not mm-hmm. gonna stop that meltdown. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> just gonna postpone it. <laughs> Maybe a Saturday morning get-together might be a better option. Well, and to your point, I'm not a morning person, but you have to think about when is your child at their peak. So maybe before nap time and after breakfast, a late morning play day. It just depends. Again, take your child's personality. Set them up for success. Yes, take their personality into account. And, again, alleviate yourself of that stress. Mm. I just think, like, I hope that people listening to this hear that we really are trying to make parenting a little bit easier mm-hmm. and alleviate some of that stress. Mm-hmm. You don't have to jump through all those hoops that you've been jumping through. Mm-hmm. So were you around if and when your ch- children did have a play date? I was in the house, Okay, but I, I wasn't around. Unless somebody would come over, like sometimes they would come over because they were doing a group project and okay. then stay later. Mm-hmm. So I'd be around to make sure they had the supplies they needed, but I never played with them. Okay. I never, none of that. Right. I always just sort of shoved supplies at them mm-hmm. and then did my own thing because I have things to do. Right. What about you? Well, because I have three children, there was always someone around. Yeah. They needed immediate conflict resolution, <laughs> but I always do try to be within earshot. Yeah. Until they're... I'm just throwing this age out. I don't even know if it's <laughs> accurate, but at least like over 10. Even yeah. they're self-sufficient. Yeah. Um, but show the children where the bathroom is. Let them know to call you if they mm. need you. Mm-hmm. Let them know what to call you. Yeah. Mrs. Moore, I'm not yep. Nancy to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but again, just try to yeah. remain within earshot. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I laughed when you said let them know what to call you. But I think that goes back to what we were saying earlier about like expectations of your home. Like in my home growing up, I would never have dreamed of calling an adult by their first name. No. In fact, that was like a surefire way 
to land yourself in hot water mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. house. Because mm-hmm. it was a sign of disrespect to call an adult by their first name. And that was the norm in my house. But I understand that that's not the norm in everybody's house. Mm-hmm. But if you have made that expectation really clear up front when you've got a guest on your play date, uh, I think that takes a little bit of the, the stress out of the equation. Yeah. So yeah. you tell your guest to call you Mr. Kirk. Yeah. But what if your guest is being rude and saying, give me that cookie instead of may I have it? Like, mm. how far do you go as a host in correcting a child's manners? Yeah, I think that's a really fine line. It's a, a tricky dance. Um, I'm certainly going to offer one or two corrections along the way, but um, at the end of the day, I'm in charge of the next play date. Mm-hmm. And so if you'd like to return to my home, my mm-hmm. space, then uh, we're going to have to come to sort of, sort of agreement mm-hmm. about these expectations. So that's a, that's a great question, yeah. though. How would you answer that? I mean, because oftentimes I see parents scared of upsetting their children or they mm-hmm. want to be their child's friends and mm-hmm. I th- your own children and the, their friends. Sure. And I think it might sound a little... Um, Imperious, but to say in, in this house, this is not what we do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if mm-hmm. you if you talked about jumping on the furniture or things like that, I'm like in my house, this is not okay. Mm-hmm. And I will certainly like you give gentle reminders. Well, you don't speak to me that way, or say please and thank you when you want to model it for them. Mm-hmm. But they're just things I'm not going to tolerate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have to be firm. You have to be consistent with your own children and with their guests. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, I'm not going to brag, but a lot of my own children's friends. They like me. <laughs> I mean, if they say some still want to talk to me or seek advice or whatever, we have mm-hmm. a good relationship. And this doesn't is mean true. that they haven't seen me yell at my own kids. I'll yell at them. I'll yell at all of them. But that's what they need. Yeah. Children need boundaries and to know. And I think that maybe they know the where moment, they stand. Exactly. Yeah. And in the moment, it might be a little scary to see angry Nancy, but you know, they'll love you for it. <laughs> Excuse me, that's angry Mrs. Moore. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not angry Nancy. <laughs> Correction. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's funny with kids. Like you know, my kids still are Miss Nancy, Mr. Kirk, and even though you've told them no, Call it's just right. Yes, they are like it just feels so weird. Like we just put mm-hmm. that. But we have other friends. Yes. That they were introduced to as just their name. Right. And like they almost avoid saying their name like mm. they'll make sure they're making eye contact so the person knows they're talking but they're really uncomfortable calling people without the mister or the miss in front of it or until we'll say like you can call this person henry or you can call <laughs> this person phil you know like they will we will say that to them and then they feel like okay that's all right but but again it is one of those like where do we draw the line what do we what are we comfortable with yeah. so yeah Good question. I like yes, that. Very good question. <laughs> what else you got for us, Nancy? I was just trying to think about a, a, one of the worst play dates or what happens if it's gone wrong. Uh, you mentioned sleepovers. My mm-hmm. kids a couple of times have just not wanted to stay at a house for whatever reason. Yeah. And I'm always, I really much prefer for my kids to sleep at home. Yeah. Like, I don't understand what you have to do that has to happen all night. You can right. come on home, I'll pick you up at 9 yeah. o'clock so I can wake up. Yeah. And all my children are there. But that being said, if something does not go well, I tell my own children, you can always call me. I will always come get you. And yeah. I certainly want them 
to know that. But I have not had anything go wrong at my house that I can recall. Mm. Mm. A sleepover just feels like it's too late much. date calculus two point oh two oh two. Like I would that seems like you were asking for something to happen. Like bedtime routines are, are sacred routines. Yep. Yep. Nighttime is is a time when you want to be closest to the people you love and trust the most. Yeah, so exactly. I would caution any parent mm. <laughs> against a, a sleepover. Sleep under. Maybe. Sleep fine. under is yeah. Sleep awesome. under yeah. mm-hmm. because you can put those PJs on right. and you can pretend to be all cozy <laughs> and then I'm going to get in my mom's car and I'm going home. Exactly. Yeah. Um, my kids never wanted to sleep over and then finally... <laughs> Spencer thought he was ready and he was I want to say it was like fourth or fifth grade I don't know he's probably like gonna kill me but (laughs) it was it was late enough where I thought like okay he can do this and I said listen you can call me it was a kid's birthday party right so like 10 of them were all sleeping over they said bring a sleeping bag bring your own pillow cool 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 and then at like midnight I got the call. Mm. Spencer's having a tough time. Do you want to talk to him? I was like, sure. And I was like, what's going on? And he was like, please come pick me up right now. <laughs> so I was like, I will be right there. Yes. And so it was like over far. And so I drove for like 15, 20 minutes to go get him. Came to the door. He was standing at the door. <laughs> the dad opened the door. Spencer was there with his sleeping bag under his arm. <laughs> It's like the attorney said, thank you for inviting me. I had a great time. I'm so sorry to keep you awake. And like walked out the door without me even kidding. And I was like, I'm really sorry. You know, thank you so much for calling. We walk out. He was silent walking down the three flights of stairs. We get in the car and he was like, I'm so happy. You think he was like crying. Like what happened? He's like nothing. It just wasn't home. Said so the dad was offering me pizza at eleven. It just it's like it was chaos, and like he knew enough to know like this was not what he needed sure. to go to sleep. And it, like I mean, he's gonna kill me for telling. Me. But like I just think it's so funny that like you said it's your safe place, it's sacred routines. Yes. And even though he wasn't of the age where like you know it was like bats, books, whatever, like he still like followed that routine and was really bummed that like. He didn't get to follow that routine that night. Mm-hmm. The following year, he made it do a full sleepover. <laughs> <laughs> but I think based on that, Amy was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so our first overnights for school, as you can imagine, were very stressful for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they made it mm-hmm. without any stress. Good. Yes. Because <laughs> they were ready. <laughs> um. I have a question that sort of is going to lead to to us talking with our teacher hats on. Okay. Which is um, play in the classroom. I know that we all have three very different free choice times. Yeah. So it's sort of like the large play date in the <laughs> at school. So um, maybe like sharing like what our free choices look like and why we do them that way. Sure. Um, in my classroom, it's important to have downtime. Mm-hmm. It's important to have problem-solving time, i.e. choice time. Who's going to build what? Are you going to take someone else's ideas into consideration? Mm-hmm. But I will say, uh, 
you know this is my first play-based school that I have worked. I have learned that it's important for children to pick what they want to do rather than who they want to be with. Mm -hmm. And that is a lesson that I have learned the longer that I have taught at mm -hmm. this school. Mm -hmm. I think it's important for children to pick what they like and not because their bestie is going to be there. And I think that's great. I think it allows children to explore different relationships. If I have a child who's playing the same thing every day, or why don't you try this? Or maybe I'll just put that item away for a little while, just so they can broaden their horizons socially and what they choose to, how they choose to spend their time. So if two kids keep playing together, do you tell them eventually they have to choose different activities or you just keep an eye on that? I just keep an eye on it. Yeah. Because I know there's safety in if I can play with Mr. Kirk every day, but sometimes I might be sick of Mr. Kirk, but I don't mm -hmm. want to hurt his feelings. Sure. So I think with that... How dare you? I know. But I think with that adult I heard intervention, <laughs> that soft, well, how about this over here? And mm -hmm. how about this over there? And just the redirection. Mm -hmm. I think that helps. Because we all need to be gently pulled from our comfort zones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in my room... Free choice time is not called free choice time. We call it work time mm -hmm. in my room. And what are they working on? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, because that sounds stressful. Yeah. <laughs> work? Are they getting paid? Uh, they are not getting paid. <laughs> okay. Um, so I inherited the, the term work time from a teacher that I co-taught with for many, many years who really sort of hammered home for me that play is children's work. And so um, I purposely call it work time because that is when kids, in my opinion, my professional opinion, are working the hardest in my room. They are navigating conflict. They are having to delay gratification. They are having to make choices independently. They're having to uh, sort of balance being able to choose whatever they want to do with me telling them this is a must-do in our classroom. Um, and all of those things can be taxing, depending on the kid. When you put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> They're working. That's work. They're working, yeah. Um, so in my room, free choice time, work time, um, there are choices all over the classroom, but not everything is open to the same number of people. Uh, and so that really gets kids um, to notice not only how they are spending their time, where they're spending their time, but learning that sometimes you something is closed and you can't choose to work there. Like that's a novel concept for uh, many kids walking into kindergarten that uh, you may have to wait. And play is about sharing yeah. and waiting. Mm -hmm. Is that what you meant when you mentioned delayed gratification? Or yeah. is that about something else? Absolutely. That's exactly what it okay. means. Um, but then you mentioned must-dos. Yeah. So uh, in my room, free choice uh, choices are open for over the course of a week. And I tell kids, you got five days to try out as many things as you want. But along the way, there are going to be some things called must-dos. And those are usually activities where kids are... Uh, working with a, an adult, maybe one-on-one -on -one or in a small group. We might be learning a new math game. We might be stitching a letter of the alphabet. Um, but it's kids' responsibility to make sure they've gotten all of their must-dos done at the end of a week. And if they haven't by Friday, 
I'm usually looking for them. And we'll pull them out of whatever choice <laughs> they've chosen to come work on their must-do. Mm-hmm. So I'm really asking kids and expecting kids to um, monitor their time and make sure that they've handled all of their responsibilities in balance with you know, choosing whatever it is they want to do. So there's some executive functioning in there. Yeah. Learning how to plan yeah, out your time. Absolutely. Do you have kids that are ever choosing to do the must-dos on Monday so that oh they God. get it over with? That is my favorite thing, is to watch a kid over the course <laughs> of a year figure out, huh, if I do all of my must-dos on a Monday, uh-huh. then I've got four days left <laughs> to do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. That is like, that brings me so much joy because yeah. that tells me that a kid has figured out the grand master plan in the room. They are making a really intentional choice Mm -hmm. uh, to get those must-dos out of the way. Mm -hmm. They are taking a lot of ownership of how they want to spend their time in my classroom. And I think at the end of the day, my one of my hopes as a teacher is that, you know, kids leaving my space, leaving kindergarten, really understand that school is what you make it. If you are somebody who can plan out your time and get all those must-dos done, you've got so much time to explore. Explore and, you know, choose That's other really things. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's choice time like in SKO? It is chaos. Yeah. <laughs> we love chaos. <laughs> As you can imagine, <laughs> Dana's classroom uh, is very loosey-goosey in that sense. So I think uh, I really appreciate that organization that you have, Kirk, and that sort of um, planning into it. I, on the flip side of things, will just tell them what's open, and I let all chaos happen. And so um, there is, I always have some time, I try to have some time during the day that the creation station is open and so that's parents send in all the recyclables you can imagine all the old arts and crafts things we have so much sequence and googly eyes and <laughs> ribbons and bits of tape and wrapping paper and that sort of thing and they just go to town with those and cutting um, because I also think I think it's work as well mm. during free choice so I try to make sure there's activities where they have to practice those skills so we have a very tiny, tiny tea set that a lot of the kids like, and it has very tiny little spoons and everything, and they love to set it up, and they love to cut up little things, and that's all that fine motor practice that I would never be able to get them to do, sure. but they love doing. Um, they love, I think that kids love to hide, and they love to hide things, and so we have a lot of like little treasures, like little gems and things like that, um, and they've taken all the little small parts that loose parts in my classroom and they like to like make treasures out of them and they've made everything money and so each thing has a different value and so they'll pay each other and hoard the money (laughs) but like they like I was watching them do math today while they were trying to figure out like who had more Mm -hmm. and which was worth more and it was a really heated argument but I let it happen because they were doing math problems Mm -hmm. so that happens um so they know in the morning that that is sort of all open in the afternoon we have a smaller shorter one where things are closed and so they can't make as big of a mess but one of the reasons why I do that is one because they all sort of find their own rhythm to a free choice and they're a lot more 
arguments actually happen. And so in the beginning of the year, I find that kids don't really know how to play. Sure. But by the end of the year, they actually do know how to play and they're looking out for each other and they know how to tell somebody when they feel like something isn't fair and why. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like they're learning certain vocabulary that will help them in conflicts in life mm -hmm. and the skills as well, fine motor, gross motor. I'll put things out that I think will encourage that. Um, but then in the afternoon, there's a smaller time where they have to learn how to manage their time a little better. So they know that they only have 20 minutes. So if they make that mess, they have to clean it up extra fast. And they learn that when they don't clean up quickly and put things back where it belongs, that then during recess, they have to come in and clean that up mm. and put it away properly. And so the cleanup piece of it is as important to me as sort of the play time. So they know that sometimes they get half hour for cleanup because that's how big the mess is and that's mm -hmm. how long they take. And then we talk about why it took so long and they'll be like, well, you, you, and you were wandering around. You were in the bathroom the entire time. So we had four less people in order to clean. And mm -hmm. so they talk about why it took so long. Um, and then throughout the year, they realize that they're getting better and better because they all learn if they chip in, it mm -hmm. goes faster. And if they just put it away the, the, correctly the first time, then it's all good. So I feel like that's all part of the learning process, mm -hmm. putting away stuff. So it's super messy, but um, but I think they learn some skills. Mm -hmm. And I think they, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they learn there's some structure to the chaos, too. Yes, like, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah, they learn, you know, if they can't, like I'll play music and if they can't hear the music, then they're too loud. Mm. So instead of always telling them they're too loud, ah. I'll say, can you hear the music? Yeah. Oh, no, I couldn't. Right. Right. So you're too loud. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they sort of learn to monitor their own noise as well. But, you know. If you came in, it would look like madness. Because I've been in your rooms, when, and I'm like, my free choice never looks like this. But so you, you a self-described loosey-goosey environment. Yes. But what if everyone wanted to play with the loose parts? Is that okay? I mean, it's fine. Like a... It just wouldn't work. Like, so mm. then we'd have to talk. Like, how would you, how are we going to make this work? Every single person in here wants to play this. Right. How can we make this work? Okay. And they would have to make it up. We have a lot of conversations that go like like when we are playing our improv warm up. So like the other day, they all had their four kids, they all had their loose parts. And I said, What's the game here? They were yelling at each other. And I was like, What's the game here? And they said, Get the money. And I said, Great. Who gets the money? Well, whoever gets it first. Great. What do you do with the money once you have it? Well, you try to get more money. Okay, so the game is we're stealing money from each other. And they were all like, um, well, I, I guess so. And they all seemed really confused. Right. And I said, okay, so the game is we're trying to get more money from each other. So if I reach into your bucket and I put it in my bucket, that's part of the game. And they all were like thinking that that was really cool. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, great. So you don't get to shriek and be mad when that happens because that's the rule of the game. Take the money. And they're like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> we actually don't want that to be the game. We want, and so they had to like establish this rule. And the game was, we just want money, right? <laughs> and so then they had it, and I was like, cool. So the rule is, we all get money, and we all get the same amount. Yeah. Okay. When you all have the same amount, come get me. So they like, you know, twenty minutes later, they come, they find me. We all have the same amount of money. <laughs> like, great. Now what comes next in the game? And they're like, well, we just all have the money. And I was like, cool, <laughs> great. 
And then they all looked around with their buckets and they were like, we all have the same money. And they realized like, wait, this isn't fun, you know? <laughs> so the idea of establishing the same set of rules mm-hmm. so everybody has an equitable time playing is part of it. And then the other part is finding something fun. So they didn't want to admit that the fun part was stealing money from each other, but they were also really upset by it. So it was like this rule of like, oh yeah, well, when it happens to everyone, it's not fun. Mm-hmm. But so I can't be that mean person who's going around stealing mm-hmm. money, but actually then there's nothing to this game. And so they learn how to make a game as well. So you let them try it out, cause and effect, yeah. trial and error. Yeah. They learned, hopefully yeah. they'll learn how to make it better. Mm-hmm. Next time, mm-hmm. takes yeah. a great amount of patience on your, <laughs> on your end. <laughs> well, and That's... sometimes they agree to something that you think is whack-a-mo, but right. like they're okay with it. So like, you know, I've had kids where they're like, we're drawing on each other's paper. Like, have you both agreed that that's okay? Yeah, it's okay. Cool. And then they sit there and they draw on each other's paper and then they realize like, well, this was super (laughs) miserable to have these two. Mm -hmm. But like, as long as they both agree and then I'll hear them later in the year saying, I didn't agree to this rule, Mm. you know, and then the kids will say, well, but we all do. Like, and then someone else will say, like, okay, but this person doesn't, so what do we need to do? You know, so, like, I hear them sort of talking through the idea of this is how we're going to play. No, but they're, these life skills, I love this, because they're advocating for themselves and yeah. for their peers. Yeah, so, I mean, it's 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 chaotic and it's long, but eventually they get the hang of it. Hmm. Yeah, it strikes me that we have three very different vehicles for free choice. But they're all essentially working on the same sets of skills. Yeah. Uh, in those vehicles. Yeah. And and I could see from an like being a parent, I will always like listen to my kids talk about things that have happened at school, and I'll be like, "What the heck was that teacher thinking?" <laughs> and like, no, you know, unfortunately, I'm I'm friends with all these people because I work with them, mm-hmm. so I can't ever say anything. I would never say anything anyway. But you know, it's that delicate balance of like, what do you think should have been happening at that moment? And what were you doing to make things go well during that moment? And what was going wrong with you when, you know, and like asking the questions of like, not assuming guilt of the teacher or of the kid and trying to figure out like the philosophy behind whatever that teacher has set in place. And so I always try to remember that when parents ask me, like, this happened during free choice and I don't understand where you were. And, you know, I'll mm-hmm. say, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well, I was actually nowhere near your kid because yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. watching them from afar and I knew they were fighting, but I was listening to them fight and letting that happen for a bit before mm-hmm. I stepped in. But, um, but I think this is good because now parents can hear and know, like, there's a reason to my man. <laughs> Right, and that's enjoying the journey and not having a finished product at the end necessarily. Yeah. They're just having fun and they're figuring it out and it's open-ended. And I think that's important. Yeah. As I mentioned earlier, going to Michael's and buying all those little things and having everyone make us something Yeah. that's going yeah, to get yeah. lost or yeah. broken. But instead, it's just open-ended. That's so important. And you know, at the end, if you know somebody's had a tough time because they're, they're having a tough negotiation during free choice, mm-hmm. I might like give them a hug as they're getting into line to that transition and be like, hey, 
seems like you played hard today. Mm-hmm. Didn't go your way, right. but you like played hard, and, yes. and I admire you for that. And like mm-hmm. giving them a little encouragement of like you just went through the ringer with your friends, right. but I watched you do it, and I'm proud of you for getting right. through. You know, and let's try it again tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow, whatever the next availability. Right, right. And I think as a teacher, I love those moments when I can have a check in one on one with a kid who I know has like been through it yeah. during work time. Yeah. Like, hey, you work super hard today. I saw you using some really strong words with your friends. Really proud of you for sticking it out. I know it wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. And like you see them stand up just a little bit taller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They get a little smile. Like, I think they appreciate when you're not blowing smoke at them. Right. They know that, oh, you saw that. Yeah. I, I appreciate you seeing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's actual things they did. Yeah, right, right. right. It's not like they drew a smiley face and they, because I know my kids get mad at me when they'll say, "Miss O'Brien, look what I'm doing," and I'll say, "Yeah, you're swinging," and I'll like narrate what they're doing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and they get really, really mad at me. But it's like, I, you know, you drew that. You yeah. Drew, you drew that <laughs> smiley face. You know, and it's I just. It's not that I don't want kids to feel good, but I want them to feel good for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And I don't want it to be empty praise. Mm-hmm. Because right. I want them to know that when I'm saying something cool to them, that that I really mean it. It's not just me saying like, oh, good job. Like I never say good mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we could just touch on games, that if, if your children play board games or card games, et cetera, et cetera. Games that have a winner mm-hmm. and a quote unquote loser. Because yeah. I know we all have that game Snails race, snails mm-hmm. pace. What mm-hmm. is that game called? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Something yeah. about the snails. But what's great <laughs> about that game is that no one wins. The color of the snail wins. Yeah. It's not about Kirk winning or Dana winning or yeah, Nancy no. winning. And I think that's important. But if and when you do play checkers or whatever other game where someone wins, we have to teach them how to be gracious Absolutely. and humble and to congratulate to be the a other good person sport. to be a good sport. That is so important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. The number of times I tell kids, no one's going to want to play with you ever again yes. if that's how you act when you mm-hmm. win. Yeah. And the look of like dread that yes. rolls over their face mm-hmm. is like, oh, no, mm-hmm. I want people to play with me exactly. again. Exactly. Yeah. But I think they have to be called out on those in those moments. Yes, they do. They got to know. Mm-hmm. They got to know. I agree. Mm-hmm. And on that note, there's really cool games out there now. You can talk to Mr. Ramson in the library, but there's really cool cooperative games yeah. now. Yes. Yeah. That, like, I don't know. At first, I thought they sounded corny because, like, I'm competitive. And, like, okay. there's a winner and there's a loser. And, like, sometimes you you don't win. But these games are really cool because, like, all of you are working towards this end result. Right. So you either all win or you all don't win. And so I think that's really cool to, like, work with. It's sort of, I don't know, anti-whatever we're used to in our society where you're working with four other people to get the rocket to blast off or mm-hmm. to solve the pandemic or whatever it is in these games. There is a game Not like the that. Pandemic. Oh, <laughs> but like, you know, just some, the idea of we're all working together to make this better. And so when somebody, it really drives home, like when somebody gets a, a hit, they take a hit and they are not doing well. Mm-hmm. You all, like there's some empathy there where you feel like, oh man, all right, don't worry, next time we're gonna help you figure this sure. out, you know? Yeah. So I think those are really cool games to get mm-hmm. to. Uh, last thoughts on play, Nancy? Keep playing. Keep playing. Yes, mm-hmm. as a child and an adult. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mr. Kirk? Um, 
play is kids' work. Let them figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say play is messy. So don't expect it to be neat or without conflict. Sort of lean into that messiness. And enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, tuning, tuning out. 